us to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter number 16. And I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here today. It's good to see some new faces since I was here last. The reason I say that, the last time I was here, it was not a pretty crowd, okay? I'm so glad we got some good-looking people in this church the last two years, really. But thank you for coming. Come with an open heart, an open Bible, and open to the will of God for you. Now, I trust you'll work this week. What do you mean, preacher? You'll invite somebody. Well, I've tried to no, invite somebody. Well, I'll get turned down. I mean, some of you guys ever found a wife. You probably got turned down scores of times. But you didn't quit, did you, huh? That's right. But he's working for the Bride of Christ this week. Amen. Just invite, invite, invite. Another way you can get folks here is pray. A third way is blackmail. If you can do that, amen, all right. The fourth way is kidnap. Hey, do whatever you got to do this week. But really, try and bring somebody to the revival. Pray much. Let's make this a great week of impact in our life, in my life. As a result of that, in your life. Look in your Bible, please. Uh, Luke chapter number 16. I'll begin reading with verse number 19. Luke 16, 19. A certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. A certain beggar named Lazarus was laid at his gate full of sores and desired to be filled with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. <clears throat> it came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. Seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy. Send Lazarus, he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember. Years ago, I read an article by a man who for 50, 40 years owned a motel. In the article, he listed things left most often in motel rooms. Number one was jewelry. Number two was books. Number three was articles of clothing. Lena mentioned some unusual things people had left. One family took off and left, and behind in their motel room, they had left a St. Bernard dog wandering around. What a blessing that would be, huh? Another family, they took off and left, and they had a... Uh, uh, some kind of a bug in the room there, a, a spatial bug. Here's the winner. One guy got in the car, drove 30 miles down the road, realized he forgot something. Turned around, drove 30 miles back, and picked up his wife. I guess it was too quiet. I don't know. But anyway, what are you saying? We're all prone to forget. The story I just read is the saddest story in the Bible. It's there for one reason. A man forgot. In Luke 16, a man died and went to hell, cried out for mercy, screamed, and begged for mercy. Hear it. The answer from heaven was two words. Son, remember. He forgot something. Do you realize to wake up in the flames of the damned, all you have to do is forget. Your Bible says, the wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forget God. Friend, all you have to do to miss heaven and spend eternity in a horrible place, is forget to accept Jesus Christ. Many years ago, I went witnessing, and a young couple asked me in, a fine young couple. We talked a while, and I said, uh, where do you work, sir? The young man said, I work out here at State Farm Insurance. Now, I live just out of Bloomington, Illinois, and that is the headquarters of State Farm Insurance. 
They employ 15,000 people right there in one location. And we talked a while, and pretty soon I turned to him, and I said, uh, let me ask you a question. I said, if you were to die today, do you know you'd go to heaven? He said, I thought about that. He said, no, I don't. I said, ma'am, how about you? His, his wife was there. She said, no. I can open the Bible and show you that when the time comes, you can know you're going to heaven. And therefore, what he said, he said, he said, preacher, he said, I'm no fool. I don't intend to go to hell. That's good thinking. Explained to him salvation was four things. Number one, he must realize he was a sinner. Number two, because he was a sinner, he must realize he's marching straight for the gates of hell. Number three, he had to realize, in spite of his sin, thank God, when Jesus Christ hung on the cross, because he was sinless, on that cross, he bore his sin, and your sin, and my sin, and the, sin, the great word is this, he was our substitute. He said, I love you so much, I'll suffer your hell on that cross. That means everybody goes to heaven. No, I said, friend, you've got to make a decision. The Bible says, whosoever, that includes you, shall call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. I said, friend, right here, right now, would you like to pray with me and accept Christ? We prayed, he accepted Christ. A visitation night at the church I used to go to, we'd have, a, we'd have a, close to 100 people every Thursday night going door knocking, trying to get folks saved. I got back there with you. I said some kind of refreshment and coffee. And I walked in. I got, well, how'd it go? I said, man, it went great. I let a guy to Christ over here. I said, uh, the guys, I told him who the guy's name was. He said, he works at State Farm. I said, yeah. He works down for me. I said, yeah, he does. I, if you say so, I don't know where he works out there. And I want to tell you something. State Farm insurance all over America, millions of people literally, that guy has the highest IQ of anybody anywhere working for a state farm insurer. But thank God he was smart enough to get saved. The Bible has a question. What's the profit of man, woman, teenager, if they gain the whole world? Think of it. You're the wealthiest man in California, and you die and go to hell. You're a loser. Most popular kid in school. And boy, kids love you. But if you miss heaven, you're a loser. You're the greatest athlete in the history of this country. And you miss heaven, you're a loser. Hell is for losers. Thank God nobody has to be a loser. Because Christ died for you, that you might be a winner. What did the man in hell forget? Remember, he, Abraham, God said, son, remember. What did he forget? Number one, quickly, first of all, he forgot the Bible. How can we know we're going to heaven? What a preacher says, no. What a church teaches, no. There's one way. Jesus the words I've spoken unto you, that's the Bible, are life, don't miss it, and the same shall judge you at the last day. Friend, on Judgment Day, you stand before God, heaven and hell hang in the balance. You're not judged by your opinion. You're not judged by what the church said. You're not judged by a preacher. Get it. You'll be judged right from the pages of the Word of God. Do you have a Bible reason, my friend, that will get you into heaven? Psalm uh, 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 79. The law of the Lord is perfect. That's the Bible. Converting the soul. Again, the Word of God says, Peter said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by what? The Word of God. How do you become a Christian? By obeying the Word of God. Again, what else did your Bible say? Timothy. Paul said to Timothy, that was knowing the Holy Scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation. How can you know you're going to heaven? One way, what the Bible says. First John, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. You might know. Man, I like that world. Going to heaven is not maybe, not might, 
not a chance, no. It says you can know you're going to heaven now by receiving Christ into your heart to be your Savior. Years ago, a young lady in the church I used to go to, tremendous soul winner, got away from God, got involved in the drug scene, went out to uh, Colorado, got arrested and put in jail. Her dad came to me and said, Brother Mark, I understand you're going to Denver. I said, yes, sir. He said, that's where Debbie was when she was arrested. He said, do me a favor. Here's an address. He said, go to that address and see if you can get Debbie's Bible. He said, she loved that Bible. She marked that Bible. She memorized that Bible. Maybe if somehow I can get that Bible back to her, it might bring her back to her senses and bring her back to God. I said, I'll try one day I drove down in a horrible, horrible uh, part of Denver, went up, knocked on the door. Hippie guy opened the door. I said, sir, my name is Joe Mark, and I'm here for a purpose. I was wondering, could I get Debbie Shouse's Bible? He cussed and ridiculed and spit on me and slammed the door. I went back and told the dad. I said, I'm sorry, but, uh, but I tried not. He said, that's okay. There's a guy in Denver that's a sheriff. He's a policeman, but also he's a pastor. He's going to try and get the Bible. What happened was this. The man went down the house, knocked on the door. The guy come to the door. He showed him a search warrant. Went to look for the Bible. He walked in the kitchen. The Bible was not there. In the living room, the Bible was not there. In the bedroom, the Bible was not there. He turned to walk through the bathroom. There was the Bible. They'd rip the pages out and use them for toilet paper. Friend, hear me, to go to hell, you don't have to use a Bible for toilet paper. All you got to do is neglect it. Forget it! I'm not reading it or following it. And you'll be in the same hell with a bunch of hippies that use the Word of God for toilet paper. Number one, the first thing this man forgot, he forgot the book, that's the Bible. Number two, second thing this man forgot is he forgot, my friend, the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, you forget everything else I say, Please hear this. See, if you're in a car wreck, lying there, the blood's draining out, you can't get saved unless you know how to get saved. How can they believe on him of whom they have not heard? The Bible says they cannot. Okay, the blood of Christ. Here's the story. The heart of the Bible is this. You and I are sinners. The Bible says that we say we have no sin, we lie. You say, I'm not a sinner. Well, you're a sinner, so we can stop there, okay? Everybody is a sinner. Now, because of our sin, we're under the condemnation and the judgment of God. He that believeth on him is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. Number three, my friends, so here's your story. You're a sinner. You're heading for hell. Good news. But Christ condemned his love toward us. You know, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Understand that. Christ was perfect. Because he was perfect, he didn't have to die for his sin. Thank God. He could die for your sin and your sin and your sin and my sin. The great Bible word is substitute. What happened? Christ came off the bench, said, I have no sin. I'll die out of brass. I'll suffer their hell on the cross. And that's what happened. On the cross, he made it possible for you to go to heaven. You say possible? Uh-huh. You must accept what Christ has done. It's a personal decision. The Bible says receiving him. The Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a definite prayer at a definite time, inviting Christ to come into your life and be your Savior. That is Bible salvation. That, my friend, is the only salvation. Now, the man in hell was not a drunkard, an adulterer, and all kinds of sin, no. 
Not a, not a horrible guy. Number one, first of all, he was a man given to charity. What do you say? The story there tells a story. Here's a guy that is uh, apparently is paralyzed. They carry this paralyzed guy and put him on the porch and the wealthy man went to hell. That's not all. The Bible says the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, wait a minute, church member. Tomorrow morning, you open your front door to get the paper. There's a guy full of stinking sores. There's a dog. Hey, how long would it take you to dial 911? How long, huh? Hey, man, the man in hell was a good human being. He treated other people right. He had compassion for people. Hear me. It is not how you treat people gets you into heaven. It's what you do with Jesus Christ that gets you into heaven. First of all, the man in hell, my friend, he was given to charity. Number two, he was a religious man. How do you know that? As soon as he hit hell, he started praying. He prayed, asking God to help him. He didn't learn that in hell. He learned that before he got to hell. He was a religious man. Friend, religion cannot get you into heaven. Baptism cannot get you into heaven. Church membership cannot get you into heaven. It takes a living person. And thank God the third day, Jesus Christ arose from the dead. He's alive and he can help you. He can save you. He can change you. That's why we preach Christ. I've seen him change lives. I've seen him change everything there is. He, I, I like the song, I serve a living Savior. He's in the world today. That's not a song. That's a Bible fact, my friend. He can change your life. He can give you joy you won't find in a Bible. You won't find it in immorality. You won't find it in a needle. You'll find it in Christ. Christ said, I've come. You might have life. You might have it more abundantly. More abundantly. Nothing can satisfy like Jesus Christ. So there it is. He forgot the blood of Christ. I was in college up in Minnesota. A friend of mine went to a certain town. We're going to go door to door and knock on doors to see if we can lead someone to Christ. We started at 10 o'clock, went to 1 o'clock, knocking on doors, knocking on doors. We got to a house about 1 o'clock. A door opened, a guy was there, and we said, Well, sir, we're just out doing some, some uh, testimony. Well, I said, Come on in. We walked. The guy was a nice guy. It was, it was May, but it was hot up there. And we're sweating. He said, have a seat. He got us something cold to drink. We talked a while. I said, sir, let me ask you. If you were to die, do you know you'd go to heaven? He said, <laughs> when I was a boy, they used to preach that. I remember that. He said, had the big tent, the big circus tent. Yeah, I said, I remember that. And he changed the subject. Pretty soon we had to go. I said, sir, before we go, let me ask you one more time. I'm concerned about this. Do you know you're going to heaven? He stood up, slid the chair back, leaned over the table. He hit the table, said, young man. If anybody's going to heaven, I'm going to heaven. For 20-some years, he said, I've been an elder in the Methodist church. He said, young man, I go to church every Sunday. If anybody's going to heaven, I'm going to heaven. Now leave. Get out. Now wait, wait, wait. i got news for you. You can be an elder in a Presbyterian church, a deacon in a Baptist church, a pope in a Catholic church, and you reject Christ. You cannot go to heaven. It's not position gets you there. It's a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Oh, I hope you've accepted him. Not yet. It can't help you. But he's real. He's alive, and he wants to help you, and he wants to save you. What else do we find? And in hell, uh-oh, here we go. You forgot about burial. It says, a rich man also died and was buried. If I can preach your idol. I don't want to think about death. Well, think about it or not, it's going to happen.
It's appointed a man once to die. Wait. It doesn't end in the coffin. Here's the verse. Appointed a man once to die, and after that, after death, after the funeral, after the coffin, after that, the judgment. You'll stand alone before God. What else do we know about this thing of, of, of 2 Samuel 14, 14? We must all needs die. You know you're going to die. I can prove it to you. You have a life insurance policy, huh? You admitted you're going to die. Yeah. Let me ask you this. You have a will? You admitted you're going to die. Yeah. Let me ask you this. You got a prepaid funeral? You admitted you're going to die. Isn't it strange? People get ready and say, boy, if I die, my family will be taken care of. I'll have a hole in the ground to go to. And boy, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're a fool because you'll die and go to hell without having your soul prepared by receiving Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says, prepare to meet thy God. Someday you'll meet God. And you'll meet God without accepting Christ. It'll be the worst meeting of all times because that meeting ends in the lake of fire. He forgot burial. Number four, the man in hell. What else did he forget? Here's the sad part. He forgot his brothers. When he got to hell, he said, Father Abraham, hey Abraham, back home I have five brothers. Please somebody to their house to knock on their door, take a Bible and show them how to get saved. A man in hell was concerned about keeping his brothers out of hell. I've heard that old garbage. Ha, brother, if I go to hell, my family will be there. If they're, if they're your family and friends, they don't want you there. There's no big family reunion in hell. No, this guy already in hell said, keep my brothers out of here. I don't want them here. It's horrible. It's awful. It's painful. Wouldn't it be wonderful if church members would get as concerned about keeping their family out of hell as a heathen was about, man in hell was about keeping his family out of hell. Yeah. Man, a man in hell, he was for soul winning. He was for evangelism. He was for witnessing. I don't want my family here. I'll go through a week of revival and some of you people will not ask one person, not give out one flyer, not make one phone. Come on, tell me, tell me, tell me you're concerned. You can't do that. God help us. We're not playing a game. Wake up. Too often, believers wake up at the funeral when some family, some friends already in hell. Then they wake up. Then the tears come. If there was that same urgency when they were alive. They might well have been saved. But no, no, we play our little games. And someday it's going to hit us head on. People we know and love. People we call friend. I, I'm going to ask you a question. If you believe the Bible... Are you only somebody's friend if you don't tell them how to get saved? Are you really? I have a saying I use often. Friends don't let friends go to hell without trying to get them saved. If you call me your friend and I was unsaved and you never told me how to get saved at the white throne judgment, the last thing I do before I was cast into hell, look at you and cuss you and say all kinds of things about you. When unsaved people die, hear me, the Bible doesn't say <coughs> they live happily ever after. No, no. It says in hell, they lift up their eyes being in torments. But thank God nobody has to go to hell. That's what that cross is about. He paid for your sin 
on the cross. I was preaching down in uh, the south. One day the pastor and I were out calling and went by a house out in the country. Windows were broken out. Uh, the grass was about this high. And Brother Bates said, a family lives there. I, I said, today? He said, yep. Brother Markey said about four or five years ago, they came to my, my church one Easter Sunday. It was the mom, the dad, and three children. He said, I preached the gospel. They all five raised their hand. They wanted to get saved, but none of them came forward. Brother Bates said, I got in the car about two weeks later, went out to the house. They asked me in. They were nice and kind. Again, I presented the gospel. You need to accept Christ. The father said, boy, we sure do. Something touched our heart. He said, but not now. We're going to do it later. Brother Marquis said about a year and a half ago, I got a phone call. The father had a, the car, an old car, upon some cement blocks. He was underneath trying to break a bolt loose. He gave a big jerk, and the car came off the blocks. There were no tires on the car, so the brake thing, naked, hit him in the chest and crushed his chest. He's in the hospital dying. I got in the car, I went down to the hospital, and I walked in the room. I saw the only person there was a teenage girl. I said, where are your sisters and mother? Well, they went to eat lunch. She said, I want to stay here with Daddy. I said, okay. I walked over, looked down. The father had a look in his eyes you can't explain. Pleading look. And just a whisper, he said one word. Water. 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 The doctor came in and said, whatever you do, don't give him water. You give him water, it will back up and he'll drown. All that down there may be crushed. He said, if we can keep him alive 24 hours, he might live. But don't give him water. Well, I went upstairs to talk to a church member that was up there. I went up and prayed, read the Bible with a church member. Come back down. I took in the room. I saw that young lady. She's standing by the hospital bed where her father was, Brother Bates said. Had her hand formed like a funnel. Pouring water in her hand, falling into her dad's mouth. The dad is coughing and gagging and coughing and gagging. But the baby said, I ran over and grabbed it. I hollered for uh, somebody. A guy came down, called upstairs. They got a machine, brought it in, turned it on, rammed the hose down a man's throat. The man coughed one time and died. The doctor turned to that girl and said, you just killed your daddy. Oh, he said, I was there. I'll never forget it. The tears flooded. The tears dripped on the floor. Through the tears, she looked at me and said, I can't help it. I can't help it. I couldn't stand to be here and watch my daddy die, begging for a drop of water. I can't help it. Hear me. If hell got real today, we do something about it. We ought to pray that Bible prayer. Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Help me to do something to reach out to a lost and dying world. One more thought and I'm through. In closing, my friend, this man forgot. He forgot the burning. See, hell is not God's picnic crowd, ground, no. Hell is a place of fire, a place of brimstone, a place of, 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 of awful, intense punishment. The Bible says they'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hell is where people go that reject Jesus Christ. For all eternity. Again, you don't have to go there. Why? Because Christ loved you, and on that cross, He paid for.
your sin. If you go to hell, you'll be an intruder. The Bible says he's not willing any should perish. God had his way. He'd go down and slam the gates of hell shut and lock them up. But memory yet Christ. And God's a holy God. And being a holy God, he must judge sin. And that's why there's a hell. But if you wind up there, don't blame the preacher. Don't blame somebody else. You're there because it's your own choosing. Years ago, I was uh, watching television. Probably, I'm trying to think now. I'm in a, probably about 1974, right in there. That day, an airplane was coming in, a major airport to land. And it was a co-pilot's second trip. And so, on, on the news, you could hear the recording. The, uh, the pilot said, prepare for final maneuver. Co-pilot, that young man said, ready. He said, heading in. Co-pilot said, ready. He said, prepare to sit down. Co-pilot said, ready. The pilot said, sitting down. All of a sudden on that recording from the cockpit, you heard the frantic voice of that young co-pilot. He said, oh my God, he said, I forgot to put the landing gear down. I forgot. And the tape went blank. How many people make preparation for everything under the sun except the most important thing, their soul? Oh, my friend, if you're not saved, I hope today you'll come to Christ. Jesus Christ, and I close with this, hangs on the cross. On each side there hangs a thief. Men's society said was not fit to live. At midday it becomes pitch black. As the three men hang there, they can hear each other as they groan in intense agony being crucified. As they hang there, they can hear each other as they struggle and gasp for a breath of air. As they hang there in the darkness, they can hear the blood dripping on the ground below. Hanging there, one thief grips the nails, looks toward Christ, and says, Lord, remember, get that word, remember, remember me when I come unto the kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Understand it. The man that made the old rich man in this story went to hell. Why? He forgot. But thank God a thief's in heaven today. Why? Because he remembered to accept Jesus Christ. Bow your head for prayer. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want to ask two questions. Number one, if you were to die today, do you know you'd go to heaven? I could care less. You won't say that the second you hit hell, sir. If you were to die today, do you know you'd go to heaven? I, well, sure, I want to go to heaven, but do you know? That's why I tried to tell you, you can know. Not by baptism or church membership or turning over a new leaf or quitting some sin. How do you know? Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. A at a definite time, inviting Christ to be your Savior, that is salvation. Who this morning will say, Preacher, I know I'm not saved, or I'm not sure about that. But I'm no fool. I want you to pray for me. Now, listen carefully. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to try and drag you down an aisle. 
No, but I want to pray for you. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, who will say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm a Christian. Pray for me. Could I just see your hand right now? Lift it up. Let me see it and put it right back down. I want to wait 10 seconds. Anybody? You want to go to hell unconcerned, unprayed for? That's your privilege. Your blood will be on your head, not on my hands. Anybody? Quickly. I'm just not sure. Pray for me. Thank you. Now I'm talking to Christians. Brother Marcus, you preached this morning. God spoke to my heart. I've got some friends that aren't saved and I've never witnessed to them. Some of the guys and women I work with, more they're nice and friendly and we have a good time together, but, but, but they're not saved. I never told them how to get saved. I have children away from home that I've never shared the gospel with. Brother Mark, I'm a Christian. I am a Christian. And God spoke to my heart. It's time to get urgent. Give them a gospel track. Give them my testimony. Invite them to revival. Take a track and show them how to get saved. Preachers, you preached this morning. The Spirit of God brought somebody to my mind I need to get serious with and at least share how to get saved. It's not going to be easy for me. Maybe you say, I've never done it before, but I know I need to do it and I want to need it and I know God wants me to do it. Preacher, God spoke to my heart about this matter of sharing and witnessing. Pray for me. Could I just see your hand right now? Get it up there. Let me see it. Put it back down. God bless you. There's some more hands. Good. Anybody else? Another hand. Another hand. Another hand. Anybody else? One more. Good. God bless you. I see it on my right. God bless you. Anybody else? Preacher, I'm a Christian, but God dialed my number. I have a dear friend. I failed. I failed. I failed the Lord. I failed my friend. I never even gave him the opportunity to come to Christ. So as you pray for a number of Christians, pray for me. Ten seconds, I'm praying. Anybody else? Let me see that hand. Get up there. Let me pray for you. Fine, fine, fine. Good. Lord, thank you for meeting with us. I pray first of all. There are folk here today without God, without Christ, and without hope. Oh, God, without hope. May the Holy Ghost do what only he can do. May he bring intense conviction that will overcome preconceived ideas and silliness and laziness. And may he draw them today to your dear son. Then, Father, I pray for a number of Christians you spoke to. May there be decisions made today for the next four nights. Folks here this morning will have the joy and the thrill of seeing someone they know and love come to revival and walk down the aisle and come to Christ. Bless the invitation. Now, I want you to keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. We're not going to tarry long. In a minute, I'm going to have everybody stand.